This week on Kettle of Fish, actor Nicole Dursway stops by to talk about looking on the sunny side of life. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty guys, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the show after the show, the talk after the talk, the 20 minute comedy money shot after the two hours of political foreplay. Um, actually, no political show today, but we do have Fern calling in during the football game, which is a huge sacrifice on your part, right, Fern? Um, well, they're not airing the game here in Virginia, but I'm keeping track of it on NFL.com and watching Washington actually win a game this week. So that's kind of nice. Right on. And um, D, you are always lurking in the shadows, but I think we have lots wow. of good things to talk about today, huh? Of course. Anytime we have somebody on who's like a foodie or a crafty person or, you know, pretty much anything that falls under the umbrella of the Maven domestic, I think it's pretty safe to say I'm totally on deck. Yeah, with you guys' um, food prowess, I'm probably going to feel pretty much like a dumbass this whole episode. It's okay. <laughs> Questions are good. Questions are how we learn things. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Why don't you tell us who we've got coming up on future episodes and yes. then we'll get this party started. Well, first off, I'm actually kind of excited about our Halloween episode because um, for anybody who knows us well enough, our kids are actually too, well, two out of the three of our kids are too old to do Halloween now. Um, they're, you know, teenagers and so I won't let them trick or treat and, um, yeah, we, we're not doing a Halloween party this year and that makes me sad in my face because Halloween is like hands down my favorite, but we are doing a Halloween episode instead that you will be able to find on tincan.media and we are going to have our buddy Mormo, um, he is going to call in and we're going to have horror actress sherry davis and horror director joe castor so it is going to be like almost a dream show for me because i'm sure a lot of you guys know i'm a big horror movie buff like love it love it love oh it. yeah and i've got i'm going to try to do like a two-hour episode if i can oh, get enough yes. content so i've got lots and lots planned the wheels are in motion in my head at yeah least. and i think every once in a while i'm gonna have to like punch in some horror movie sounds just because I can. Yeah, That'll you need to bring the sound effects back. You don't <laughs> even know. do it on trivia anymore. I what know. Happened? Well, I used to do a lot of sound effects for um, trivia, especially, but it got to be a little weird. Like, I can't do it on the computer that I'm currently on because I've got like a virtual mixing board and I've got like 16 different windows open and it's kind of crazy. Um, so I used to have like a little tablet that I'd do it with, but then the sound quality was so horrible on our last server that it just didn't come over very well. But I think we might be able to bring that back with this one. Anyway, um, we have got uh, next week, uh, we've got uh, Allison Klemp is going to be on Kettle of Fish, comedian, super funny chick, and author of um, some of our joke of the days that are on Tin Can Media, um, because we will actually be out of town for an awesome wedding but through the magic of pre-recording, yes. it'll air and go up on our site Sunday. Woo! Yes, and instead we and will be partying. I get to see you guys. Yeah. I'm so excited about that. Yes, Fern's going to feed us, 
And I think I'm going to take, uh-huh. like, I'm going to try and sneak a gallon bucket of sand off the beach to bring home. So pay attention to what today's <laughs> guest has to say, Fern. You might get some tips. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't okay, wait. Okay, cool. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to do that. And then um, coming up on Musical Osmosis uh, in a couple of weeks, we've got our Waldorf World Worldwide show. That is a tongue twister. Um, and it's just going to be a bunch of people we know calling in, and we're going to talk about the music scene in Waldorf and everything that goes along with, and that's going to be cool. And then Kettle of Fish, uh, uh, for the 16th, we've got uh, Trent and Willie come, coming on, and a super funny guy, another author of some of our uh, Kettle of Fish, or not Kettle of Fish, uh, Tin Can Jokes. So that is going to be super cool. But today, today's a very special day. Today's a very happy day. Today's a very hungry day. Sunshine I'm actually day. There you go. I'm actually really hungry. So I think when we're done here, I'm going to have to go and make like a pile of bacon. And partly because it's <laughs> funny and partly because it's like at the antithesis. I'm not to eating it. a pile of bacon. I and know, it's delicious. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's funny because uh, today we have actor Nicole Dursway who, in addition to acting, also has the super nifty YouTube uh, channel with iVeganU. So, as much as... Before we get her in here, let me just say real quickly, you, especially Dino, living with me, that I don't just pick guests out of a hat. I don't pick names out of a hat. I really do a lot of research, and I want to find people who are interesting and that I think have a unique voice... And I was kind of going through all things Nicole. How do you say the last name? I'm terrible name. Dursway. 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 Yes. I was going through all things Nicole and I was like, wow, she really has like an optimistic attitude, really grateful for every opportunity she has. Her page is just exploding with good vibes. So let's get some good vibes in here. Nicole, how you doing? Hey, guys. I'm good. How are you doing today? Very cool. We are doing awesome. And as I had said in the little setup, when I went on your page, I was looking through and I was like, wow, she has just got so much good vibes going on, so much positive energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think that's one thing that when people meet me, they'll say right away, they'll be like, Nicole, I love your vibe. And it's kind of one of those things that... um, I've just been blessed with. I've just, I just was born with an optimistic attitude. <laughs> uh, well, that I definitely had to work shines that hard through. For it. Thank you. Yeah, but you know what? Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks, and that helps too. I don't know if you guys have heard heard of that, but that is that's been kind of cool for like raising the positive vibration. Nice. She does these like, morning talks that I just kind of listen to while I'm getting ready to start my day, and uh, helps you just focus on uh the fact that you know positivity attracts more positivity and just keeps the vibes high and it's been it's been really really great for me you know well i could definitely see that and i mean i really feel like right now there's so much hate and division in this country and i do kettle of fish and musical osmosis as kind of a reaction to do an ignorance equation we do a two-hour political show and there's a lot of soul rot in that things get quite heated so i have to do shows like this to kind of separate myself and get myself in this different groove with all yeah. what's going on in this country right now. Do you feel like people are hungry more for like good vibes and good energy and positivity? Definitely. I find people responding to that, uh, so much like more than ever and just actually like going out of their way 
to find that and, and to be around that. Whereas I think, you know, I maybe previously people just jumped into whatever. and But I think people are just like going out of their way to be positive now. It seems like that's how it feels over here anyway. Yeah, and Fern always says, to get Fern in here a second, that you think things are going to calm down after this election cycle. But even during all this heated stuff, when I go on different um, forums that aren't politically related, it does seem like people are really hungry to hear positive voices, that people are kind of getting sick of the online trolls and everybody bashing everything, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel the same way, too. Like, I don't know about you, Nicole, but I, I kind of feel like when I get up in the morning, I feel the weight, like, of the negativity that's out there, especially during this cycle, because people are have become just so set on being right and being on their side of the fence that they lack perspective to see it from somebody else's point of view. And with all the horrible things that are being said and the, the inundation in the media and you know social media or mainstream media, I feel like it's almost like I have to put positive out into the world to combat that. And I don't know if that's the empathy factor. Do you feel the same way? Do you feel like you know it's a, almost a duty to put that positive out there to try to combat all that negative? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I think compassion is such a huge like uh, part of my practice. Amen. And, yeah, and and that's that's what will really uh, create a lot of peace in this world. I think I think even if someone is doing something that is not like you don't agree with, or they have a belief structure that you don't agree with, or a lifestyle, when you come from a place of compassion you know, it kind of just erases all those lines and brings us together. And so I like to focus on that, yeah. you know, especially when someone, little stuff, you know, driving around the city, someone cuts you off, it's annoying or whatever. It's like, I have compassion for that person. Oh, I wonder what they're, they must be stressed out. They're trying to get somewhere. I mean, just this little things that I think just uh, make the whole, the whole thing a more positive place, you know? Well, let me ask you industry and career wise, because I feel like there was a time where if you had the um, acting ability, if you had the chops, you could kind of be an ass and get away with it or fly off the rails like a Charlie Sheen or Robert Downey Jr. when he had his mess in the um, late 90s and stuff. Do you feel like now that the industry is kind of like turning away from people because there's so many options out there now for content and for talent? Do you feel like the industry isn't as tolerant? to just working with jackasses, that that's the shortest way to kind of weed yourself out of the industry is to be difficult to work oh, with. Yeah, definitely on every level. Um, and, and, and like you said, it's just, there's just so many options now. There's so many uh, media, so much media out there, so many just different forms uh, that actors are getting their art out there. So I do feel like casting uh, and they can be really selective. And if you have a bad rep, for just being a diva on set like that. It just, it ends up being a small town. People know that, you know, you might get hired once, but maybe not again. And, and, you know, even if you're a super talent, there's just so many super talents that we could just work with somebody pleasant. But I see that on set just um, trickling down to the entire crew, you know, from the art department to the makeup. I mean, these, these directors and these casting people are really like constructing crews that have a, a more positive energy all the way through and just keeping the uh, production quality up and, and the vibe on these sets that I've been, been blessed to be on this past year has been really high as well. Wow, so that is I kinda, incredible. I kind of like to see the, tr- the trickle down has been kind of cool too. 
Yeah, and like I said in the intro, I love your vibe. I actually, if I'm having a bad day, I actually hop over to your page to see what's going on. Because I know, uh, like, I'm not going to see a bunch of trolls over there, like, saying, no. why are you wearing that hat? That hat looks stupid. Like, you don't seem to have yeah. any trolls. And we're going to have Allison on um, the next episode, and she, like, revels in trolls. She gets trolls all day long because she talks a lot of politics Aww. and comedy. But you seem yeah. to be untouched by the troll world, the underside of the internet. Well, I hope it stays that way. I'm very blessed so far. I haven't had any trolling. Uh, <laughs> you know, and even with my veganism, which can be kind of controversial, I have such a, um, a non-resistance approach to it. You know, I'm, I'm totally cool with everybody eating whatever they want and um, everything. But I just do me and I just show people how, how much fun I'm having doing it. And uh, I think that's been the most positive way to express it, because even in that topic, that can be very political and people get a lot of emotion, a little, a lot of emotion, a lot of anger uh, around that discussion. Um, And I've even been able to avoid that uh, with my vegan site just by I I just I don't I don't post all that uh, like really terrible slaughterhouse, uh, controversial paraphernalia. I don't I don't post anything like that. It's it's just uh, me doing my thing and um, eating yummy food, you know. So, I mean, another thing I notice on your page, too, and I think a lot of people in the industry that do this are smart, like John Lear, he is a pro at this. You're really interactive in social media with your fans and the people chiming in on your page. And I know a lot of actors shy away from that. And it's crazy to me. I don't know if it's a privacy thing or I don't want to get a stalker type thing. But it seems weird to me when people don't utilize this very, very good tool of social media. Yeah, that's interesting. I, you know, I, I know that, you know, some people in my think it's like a safety concern. I've always felt very safe, just in general. Uh, uh, so I never worry about that stuff. I know I do. So I, I check in places sometimes. And some, you know, I've had my manager be like, hey, you know, you're out with your sister and you're just checking in on social media and stuff. You know, it might not be a good idea. But there's certain things which I understand for safety, but I definitely like to, like, interact with people and make sure if they comment that I – you know, thumbs up and let them know that I saw their comment and I like it and, uh, you know, answer people's questions and, and, and stay social, you know, even when I'm busy, just taking the time to do that, I think it's so important. And I've been so lucky. I think this is another reason why I don't really have a lot of trolls. Uh, I think when I first came and I started out and slowly started my fan base, I've always been very interactive. And so there's a lot of people on my page that have seen me from like, day one moving to LA getting into acting classes to like landing my first agent to landing my first role and I've just there's just been people that have seen it bloom along the way and they feel like they they've been along for the ride and they're part of the story um because they've been the support system for me the whole way through and I have so much gratitude um for everybody that's been been supportive of me on this journey because you know a star is not born overnight it's like by the time you see someone and they they blow up and it's the next hot movie star you look back at her IMDb or whatever, and, you know, she got in the game 14 years ago. You know, you didn't know. It was like little projects. Over, and then all of a sudden you just see this explosion overnight. But I'm just so grateful for the people that have been loving and supportive uh, with me since the beginning of this journey. That's incredible, too. It's almost like you could write your memoirs in five years just by printing out your Facebook <laughs> feed and putting it in a binder and go, look at my journey yeah. right here on Facebook. And I don't know if you use Twitter and Instagram, but you could just follow my social media and I don't even have to write my memoirs. I'll just print up my social oh, media. Just print hey, those pages out. Yeah. They have that. There is a company that you can um, you can go on their thing and they can pull 
like a bunch of your Facebook stuff and put it into a, an actual book for you. I actually looked into yours, Nick, for um, for a year because I thought, you know, because a lot of people will do like five or ten years. You'd have to put mine under science fiction, some of the crazy well, stuff. Well, I looked into yours, Nick, and to do a book for you for a year would take uh, about four volumes and it would cost like $200. So yeah, <laughs> just because you know, of the it's better for It's better for dad or something. I did it for my dad for Christmas last year and he only posts like every once in a while and that was a cute like sizable book. He really yeah. liked it. That's oh, awesome. yeah. We never shut up here on the Ignorance Equation. I'm <laughs> posting manically from behind the keyboard. All right. Let's move on. I, I'm going to dig into iVegan you in a moment. However, me and Dee just watched 400 Days, and I'm going to give everybody a spoiler alert here. And I don't know how you see the work going in or if there's any direction on what actually is happening. I felt like the whole movie was a simulation. And I'll tell you the giveaway. I feel like that when that woman stabbed, I don't remember. It wasn't Dane Cook. Who was it? Um, when she accidentally stabbed that guy and said sorry. Well, if you're like a maniac cannibal butcher or whatever, you're not going to say sorry. So I feel like that was no. the giveaway that it was a simulation. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, uh, I went really close with the director on that. And like we actually had some other scenes um, – with Oz, the the son of mine and Dane Cook, and um, they, you know they didn't make it into the final film. Um, but even the director, when you're like, so what's the deal? The end, you know? And 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 the writer, it was like they they did not give anything away. They really wanted to leave it um, a big question mark. So even working on the film, I I couldn't tell you like what the what the end intent. It was just meant for you to take away from it, whatever. <laughs> whatever you yeah, want to say. I got that. I, I got the you're not supposed to know and we're trying really hard to not sway it one way or the other. So you just think whatever it is you think, which to me, that kind of stuff drives me up the wall. <laughs> like I was just like Yeah. But, uh, uh, well it's no. interesting to know there's no intent, yeah. right? Because I always wonder, and that's another reason I'm glad I have you on here. Is there intent by the director? Like, hey, this is what I'm really thinking. It was a simulation or it was real. Or is it even no. up in the air to the cast where the cast walks away scratching their head? Literally, the cast was even because they didn't want to sway the actors any which way and have them play it differently. So it was left up in, uh, up to interpretation for even the cast. So nobody ever got an answer. <laughs> nice. Um, and it, it was meant it was meant to be like that, very much like an abstract piece of art on a wall, and you're just supposed to look at it and feel what you feel. So uh, I thought it was kind of cool. I know some people they, they're they're driven nuts by that kind of an ending. I totally understand that, but I I thought it was interesting, and for the kind of film it was, I thought that um, leaving it like that stirred up a little bit more uh, questions, and they they got a little bit more publicity for leaving it such a such a, a kind of cliffhanger like that at the end and not really answering the question. So maybe well, a smart uh, marketing move too, to leave it kind of unsaid at the end. Yeah, well, it's then... okay. I made it up an ending in my imagination, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's what they want you to do. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but then it also it, it's really smart though when you think about it because then like. You know, whereas normally, you know, Nick and I might have been like, "Oh yeah, I like that movie," or "No, you know, whatever." It was more like, 
oh my gosh, well, what do you think happened? Well, what do you think happened? Well, why do you think yeah, that? Yeah, we were debating through the whole thing. I was like, there's no way this is a simulation. You're yeah. like, well, I don't know, this, this, and this. And I was like, no, 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 it's a simulation. But it, it's it obviously kept us talking long after the movie. So it definitely creates a more memorable, more memorable experience instead of just, oh, yeah, that was two hours, and now let's move on to the next thing. So, yeah, I dug it. Right. I thought it was cool. But they do throw you off, right? Because when Dane Cook nailed it early and was like, this is a simulation, this is all a big, to see how we do under pressure. I was like, well, now I don't think it is. Because why would they say it is if it is? Right. right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, misdirection, or was it? We don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it was a great movie, though. So I just wanted to throw those um, kind of props out there for you. I mean, I love the movie. I love your performance in it. And I just it was something I had to talk about. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's move on to I Vegan You. I'm looking through your feed as I have been doing the last couple of weeks, keeping up so I can put the format together. Um, so much going on on your page, so many projects, but it always comes back to I Vegan You. And this is kind of a two part thing. One, I feel like this is your true love, this is your passion project. And two, yeah. when I sent out the YouTube video to my crew, and I was like, hey, everybody, take a look at this. I don't know who's showing up today because we're not doing ignorance equation. Uh, my co-host, Badger, would just kind of smirked and had something smart, snarky to say about it. Normal. Yeah. Do you feel like <laughs> when you're working in that world, like you had kind of hinted on earlier, that there's kind of this, oh, that's hippy-dippy, even eating healthy, not even just veganism, just trying to not shove like fast food crap down your throat every day. Do you feel like you get yeah. resistance on that? Sometimes, you know, I've been able to kind of swim through it, but it is kind of funny where it's like we're in a world where, um, and it's not anyone's fault, but uh, it's almost like uncool to even eat healthy, like let alone vegan. Like you said, it's almost like nerdy or like, oh, you know, or um, can be perceived as pretentious or high maintenance that you have a certain standard of health for yourself. Um, but you know, I just think that there's just not, uh, there's just a lot of, a lot of marketing dollars have gone into keeping America, uh, ignorant, blissfully ignorant about of a lot of things that we put in our body because it's, it's not, it's not, if you think about like my diet, for example, I eat what would be considered a whole food vegan diet. So a lot of my things don't come out, like almost most of my diet doesn't come out of a package. Right. Um, and it's just it's just not really a good way to monetize because, you know, there's a lot of companies that make products that come in packages and they want you to buy the package, the processed food, the, the things. If I'm just going to the farmer's market and I'm buying vegetables and then I stock up on an organic bag of quinoa and some, some beans, that's, there's not a lot of uh, space for companies to make a lot of money off of my diet. Yeah. I mean, um, they can't sell you, know, you corn there's, there's wrapped not in corn. in it, you know? So I just think... Uh, I think I think a lot of the processed products and the things on the shelves there's a lot there's a lot more money to be made and a lot of money goes into marketing and making those things look healthy and and making them look appealing and fun and and you know I think that's just where where that happens and a, a lot of people have um you know they just don't have the information um and you, you, what makes me sad is the people that I see that think that they're eating healthy and they're trying really hard, but they, they've been lied to by these companies that have been marketing to them and stuff. That that makes me kind of sad. Are you talking about healthy choice and crap like that? Yeah, and and they'll just advertise, like, low fat and, like, all this stuff, but they're just dumping a ton of, um, Kashi. you know, yeah, sugar. Just, just a ton, ton, yeah. Of, ton of sugar and, and, and just yep. chemicals in it and preserves and 
um, the, the one thing that really opened my mind was this documentary that I saw, and I had already been vegan at the time, but it was, um, it was called Fed Up. And it's, uh, really, it's not about veganism, but it's about the American diet. And uh, they follow, I think, four families, just the mi- middle American families, families from this all over America. And they have children that are um, diabetic or pre-diabetic that are obese. And these moms are trying so hard and they're going to the grocery store and they're only buying like the fit brands, quote unquote, the reduced mm-hmm. fat yogurt, you know, the, the healthy cereal and stuff and lower sugar you know, you, added fiber. Yeah. All this stuff. And it's just been so like manipulated, 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 manipulated. And this poor little girl, you know, she really got my heart. She's 12 years old. She wakes up before school and goes on a run She's in soccer or something, and then she has, like, a private swim lesson at night. She rides her bike, but she basically never stops moving, and she's still obese because of what we're feeding her. That that is terrifying. Yeah, I know what we're watching later. (laughs) Yeah, it's very interesting. And this this one really um, targets sugar and the way that they're able to hide sugar um, in the label so where you can't tell. And also you can't taste it because they're just – if after a certain amount of sugar, then they add – a certain amount of salt and then your taste buds don't fire so you can't taste the sugar in it because the salt cancels it out so like things like that are savory like spaghetti sauce there's a ton of sugar in there you can't taste it you taste it it tastes savory but they want to add that sugar because Mm -hmm. it it programs just like cocaine in the brain exactly uh, it's very addictive yeah it's very addictive so they want to let me get back to this point then because like i said earlier we started talking about this and you come alive you're like whoa it's my passion it's my baby for sure yeah, that's your passion project, right? No matter what projects you're working on, fulfilling your creativity in the acting world, I feel like you're always coming back to iVegan you, and I can tell you have a passionate voice about these matters. Yeah, it's definitely my second job. Um, I yeah, Whenever I'm not working on my acting and doing all that kind of stuff, if any spare days that I have, you know, I would rather just like set up my own production and work on the IV new stuff, and and it's it is just a real passion. The reason why I'm so passionate about it is I I had a lot of health problems in my family with my grandparents, uh, both having heart attacks, both having strokes, a dad that's pre-diabetic, and um, you know, unfortunately, I, I I lost people in my life earlier than I felt I should have had mm-hmm. their diet been different. Um. And it just, it just, that's kind of what started this of like me wanting to be healthy for the people that I love and depend on me. Um, and it just, you know, it kind of, I went, I went down the rabbit trail and I just kind of feel like, uh, it's a really loving message. It's, um, it's showing, uh, self love for yourself, showing love for the planet and showing love for animals. Um, so it's, it's my passion. That's why I named it I Vegan You. It's like, I love you, but instead of the word right. love, it's vegan because it's, it's, for me, that's the message of love. Is, yeah. is choosing this uh, compassionate lifestyle. And I for, love for that. I really, really do. I do have kind of a, I don't know if we'd call it a technical or an inside question or I don't know. Okay, so um, Nick and I have been trying for a while, unsuccessfully all the time, but, you know, we try, um, to <laughs> eat keto just because, you know, car sugar is horrible for you and refined carbs are horrible for you. And, um, me particularly, I'm really, really sensitive to carbohydrates. Um, so like most rice that you get off of any shelf, I feel sleepy 
like it's it doesn't matter what it is if it's high carb foods even you know enough tomatoes or berries or whatever will do it so how do you balance i mean can you balance vegan and you know like low carb high protein or even like a low carb high fat with vegan like is it even possible oh yeah Oh, yeah. And there's people that do it all different ways. I mean, we've got athletes that are doing this diet in, mm-hmm. in all different fields, you know, MMA fighters. This, uh, the list goes on. There's some, like, very uh, high-protein athletes that are still doing this kind of diet, professional weightlifters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not that, you know, you need to be, like, hitting weights at that level to consume the protein, but you want to avoid the carbs because it's making you tired. Right. I totally understand that. And I think there is a way to do it. Um, you know, I... I personally, I mean, I, I have fun. My body's at a place now where it just kind of maintains itself. I'm in a really healthy balance. But, um, you know, there was a period of time where my body was still adjusting because I've only been vegan for the past four years. And mm-hmm. I actually got kind of bummed out at first because I felt all this compassion that this is the right thing that I needed to do for the planet and for animals. And and I, I thought for my health, too. But when I actually first became vegan, I gained, um, I gained 10 pounds, uh, which isn't a huge deal, but it is when you're out here in LA and you're pursuing what I'm pursuing. So right. it's like, oh gosh. You That's know, why I'm they like, have TV fat as a phrase, like, you know. What's that? It's, yeah. like the, it's craziness. Yeah. Yeah. It's just intense. And, and I didn't want people to think like, oh, well, this isn't healthier. She gained weight, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I just didn't know what to do with that spot on my plate. That was usually a lean piece of protein because mm-hmm. in the past, whenever I wanted to get lean, I would just eat lots of protein, like lean protein, chicken or fish, and then I would just load up on these vegetables, green vegetables mostly, and Mm -hmm. then I would just be exactly how I wanted to be almost, you know, overnight. It seems like I would do it for two weeks, and I would just bounce back, and I just didn't really know how to do that as a vegan um, because I was replacing that protein spot on my plate with uh, carbohydrate, you know, at Mm -hmm. first because I just wanted to feel satiated. And as I uh, practiced the diet more and like started fine-tuning things and learning, I I, um, I laid off carbs. And there was a long time where I just you know I wouldn't even buy bread because every time I would go to the market, I, I would like read the back of the labels and there's just, like 20 things that I don't even know what they are. I couldn't find the bread that was simple, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know if we go over to Europe or whatever, you can pick up bread and it's like wheat, yeast, water, salt, done, right. you know. But that it. doesn't yeah. really that's not so easy to find. In the United States. Yeah, just to find um, not even easy, flour not that's to find just in LA. Thing, yeah. yeah, I mean, just um, finding the simple ingredients that aren't made, like, unless you actually know the person that they come from, the human that they're from, like, yeah. just going to a store and saying, oh, well, I'm going to go to Whole Foods now, and I'm going to find, uh, you know, this item with without sugar added to it. And then you start reading labels, and you're just like, oh, my God. Like, what am I buying? I, I don't even what want any it? of this. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, I I can't trust any of this, you know? No. So what would I you say to a guy like better. me who grew up eating fast food and just in the last five years I've been trying to eat healthier because I'm starting to get up there in years and I started feeling bloated all the time, etc. And now here I am trying to eat healthy, but like me and D were saying, because me and D are together, um, we're trying to get healthy and it's just so difficult. One, it's expensive. And two, even the stuff that says healthy isn't healthy and we don't have a farmer's yeah. market within 50 miles of here probably. No, we don't. Yeah. We really don't. No, and that, I think that's okay. And like I like to demystify the expensive factor of my lifestyle choice. Like 
I think that the way I eat is the cheapest way to eat. And I, I understand that I'm going to the farmer's market and getting my produce, but when you're not buying meat, meat is the most expensive thing that you can get at the grocery store, I think. Meat and cheeses and, like, these packaged things, it's like every sauce is, like, $8. When you just start eating vegetables, so, like, I just buy, I just buy all vegetables, and then I have grain, but I I don't eat grain that also has protein because I also experience that tiredness if I just have rice. So I have quinoa, you know, mostly I eat quinoa, but I just eat vegetables, quinoa, and then like lentils. I always make sure my iron's up. So all my, like, I like to eat a ton of dark greens, lentils, um, any beans, though, legumes, black beans, stuff like that. And it's, it's, to me, it's very simple. It's what like a tribal person would eat. It's a very tribal way of eating, like whatever they could gather. And then occasionally they would have meat because, you know, they would have a hunt. And so they'd have meat for a couple of days, but not like, not like on the level that we're mass consuming meat, you know, just, uh, I, I don't know, but I find that that, if you ate that simply, there's no crazy ingredients. It's just, it just, you're just eating from the earth, you know? And the stuff on your cha- on your channel looks tasty too. Like I watched oh, uh, at yeah. least a half dozen of those videos, and I was like, "Wow, I could eat this." And I'm a guy, like I said, I grew up eating hamburgers. I grew up in a dysfunctional house where, like, I remember one time I ate four two big tuna fish sandwiches, and my family was so proud of me and like showering me with praise. Like, look what a big boy <laughs> eating four tuna fish sandwiches. And like, if you didn't feed your plate, like I I obsessively and D can speak to this. I'll eat when I'm not even hungry. I'll finish eating because yeah. I don't want to throw nothing away. Because when yeah. I was yeah. little, I was more, you know, I was pretty poor when I was little. And it was seen as like this drastic, horrible thing if you threw anything away on your plate. Like there's kids dying right. in other countries. So now I just compulsively finish what's on my plate even when I'm not hungry anymore. And that's that was yeah. just bad parenting, I feel like, growing up. And then you have that left in it. Yeah, we had that too growing up. And they would encourage us. They, my grandma, she goes, clean plate club. You got to be part of the clean mm-hmm. plate club. You know, and then you got to finish your whole plate. And if you are a clean plate club member, then you get more food because we're going to give you dessert. <laughs> it's like, okay. Oh, man, these messages that you're getting as a kid is very interesting. That's one thing, too. I used to eat very fast. And I don't know why. I don't, I don't know if I was bullied as a kid and someone took my food away. But I'd always eat so fast, and and then when you eat so fast, your body didn't get a chance to trigger to your brain, hey, guys, like, we're full now. You know what I mean? So, um, because it takes about 20 minutes for that message from your stomach to your brain, and when you eat so fast, you'll overconsume. And so that that was one of my challenges is just being present with my food. As soon as the food is placed in front of me, take a deep breath, relax. You're not in a hurry. Try to enjoy conversation while you eat take breaks and sip some water in between and you find that you end up consuming less because your body has time to acknowledge, Oh, we actually are satiated. That is smart. You know, and it's just the little things like that. But like, you know, when you're, um, a lot of people multitask, you know, they'll be like watching a show or like sending out emails while they're eating and you're not present. So you're just consuming so quickly and you look down the plate's empty and and you're guilty as charged. (laughs) I do that constantly. Yeah. I am constantly on my computer. Okay, um, we got to finish this up. So yes. there's stuff I didn't even get to, but why don't you ever tell everybody what you're working on? I saw a picture today that you're on the set, but it didn't say um, what particular set you're on. I don't know if you could talk about your project yet, but why don't oh, you let everybody yeah. know where they can find you and what you're working on? 
Okay, I'm working on a fun project today. I'm actually just stepped aside. Um, we're just doing like a music video. This is actually an outreach thing for PlayWorks. Um, it's to get kids involved in health, health, healthy play. So I'm just a support today. We've got some kids that are doing choreographed dance and stuff like that. Um, also for uh, iVegan U, uh, we're taking that to the next level. I just signed a manager to my YouTube channel. And, um, yeah, we're in a couple talks with some people to try to get the channel actually produced nice. professionally and get funding and just take that to the next level as well. And there is an indie film that I am working on that I'm not allowed to talk about at all. <laughs> wow. But I will send out updates as soon as I can. Um, I can say that it is going to be horror genre. And it's it's scary and it's it's really um, it's really secretive right now. But uh, released for next year? Do you, can you say that much? Uh yeah, it's not going to be coming out until next year because gotcha. um, we go into production next month on it. But um, but yeah, and I will I will keep everyone posted on my personal Facebook page about that project. And um, yeah, shooting four new episodes for IV and You uh, next week, and those are going to just start dropping. Once a week, and we're also covering uh, Vegan Oktoberfest in a couple of weeks, too. So look out for that. That'll be fun because uh, I'll get to hang out and have some beer and chill. <laughs> right on. All righty. Well, I yeah. want to thank you so much for call- calling in. I want to congratulate you on all your success. Like I said, sometimes when I'm in a bummed out mood, I hop on over to not just your page. There's a few people. I hop on over to their page to put a smile on my face. So keep fighting uh-huh. a good fight. Yeah, that makes me so happy, dude. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It was a pleasure talking with you. All righty. Thank you, Nicole. D, are you ready to take us out? Yep. All right. And everybody, remember uh, that we've got our Halloween episode coming up. And next week we will have Allison Klemp on Kettle of Fish. Very nice. We talk a lot and grab the cars and restaurants and shitty bars. We ain't shy.